You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Has it been a long year? (laughs) Well, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure many church workers feel that way as well. And we have some wonderful support for church workers. And we're going to do that in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Dr. Beverly Yonke, Executive Director for Christian Council for Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Dr. Yonke, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. Hey, it's a pleasure to be with both of you. I always enjoy our chats. I always feel much better when after we've had a chance to talk with you. So <laughs> this is wonderful. So w- today we're talking about care of church workers, and Doxology has been doing this for caring for church workers in in very valuable ways for how many years now? How long has Doxology been around? Excellent question with two answers, actually. We started planning for Doxology way back in 2002 with some think tanks, with seminary professors and pastors. And as a result of that, created a curriculum, which became our Doxology Classic program. And the first program offered of the three-part program was in 2008. So uh, we've been on the map for a bit of a while. Can you give us a, a super brief, like the elevator pitch of what Doxology does for church workers? Doxology has as its principal focus on the care and counsel for LCMS clergy. We started primarily as a group intending to acquaint pastors with the larger heritage of the care of souls, and so did some intensive study and presentations, creating a three-part program. First part of the classic program, pastors gathered together for four days of intensive study and worship and conversation and spiritual refreshment. The second of the events is a lay leader retreat where a pastor brings back at least one late retreat member, often a van full, which is more fun still. And we spend a weekend together talking about how it is that our Lord indeed grows his own church and how lay leaders can care for pastors. And pastors have some continuing education apart from the lay leaders at that event, again, focusing on how is it one cares for the souls entrusted to you. And the third part of the event is pastors and spouse return for a reunion event, which changes up every year. The topic is always different, and uh, we get to see our grads again and again, and they're refreshed with ongoing connections to doxology. So there's there's challenges that church workers across the spectrum can face. Obviously, this in, a, in these very specialized vocations, there are, there are challenges that are specific to the different church work vocations. Let's let's look at pastors first for just a second. What are some of the challenges that that pastors can face as they work through their vocation? Well, they have the traditional responsibility for the care of souls. That is a huge responsibility, and. Uh, often invites a great deal of their time and attention. As anyone is aware, though, COVID has changed up the responsibilities that pastors are going to bear. And for the period of the last two to two and a half years, pastors have been scrambling to do a number of things they ordinarily need not do. As you may have well discerned, pastors have been presiding over congregations which are divided about all kinds of things. Earlier on, they were divided about should we meet at all? Will the government let us meet at all? Can we meet in groups larger than 10? Should we have masks? 
Is it liturgically inappropriate to have hand sanitizer on the altar? Questions galore. Do we put up plexiglass cubes in our pews? Fortunately, as you might know, every pastor was pleased to have somewhere between 15 and 24 epidemiologists in his congregation. And each of them was an authority, the matter of what ought to be and what ought not to be done. And so pastors tried to remain sensitive to the changing needs of a changing virus and the changing needs of regulations. And the stress was extraordinary. Pastors who work diligently throughout the year found that it was ministry nonstop, 24-7. Pastors who were out in the middle of nowhere said, suddenly, I need to create a media department. One pastor in the midst of a wheat field said, you know what my media department is? It is my iPhone and my wife. This is a cause for desperation. And so they became telephone, even if they didn't want to, and discovered that they were able to continue providing ministry of the word to people via video, reaching their congregations, often reaching beyond their congregations. And now that people have in large part turned, there are pastors who are saying, This has changed us in ways we don't completely understand yet. It's changed us as a congregation. It's changed us in that we're not all back yet. As we speak with pastors and take some rough hand surveys, how many of you have 100% of your people back? I think I may have seen one or two hands this year. Ordinarily, people are finding that 80% of their congregation is back, sometimes as low as 60 or 55%. So there's been a fruit basket upset, and pastors are now working diligently to reconnect with these people who are just out there. Some, And as you might suspect, in addition to doing ministry full-time, <laughs> pastors also have a family and occasionally a life. And uh, so as we've been spending time with pastors at our Take Heart Respite Retreat, we've been giving them an opportunity to simply acquire some additional spiritual tools, some additional psychological strategies that assist them to deal with stress, that assist them to care for the souls that still appear to be afloat somewhere out there in unchurched land. So for pastors, it has been a whirlwind ride, and it's been a a time of tumult. Our friends in Nesterbrook talked with us earlier on about creating respite retreats for pastors in response to the responsibilities that they've borne. And the people in disaster relief are accustomed to coming alongside individuals who've been through tornadoes, floods, and hurricanes, and the worst that Mother Nature can dish up. And they've discovered what they saw in those disaster remediation, pastors working nonstop, pastors discovering every need and feeling responsible for meeting it personally, was beginning to happen with pastor's response to COVID. They warned us that when there is turmoil, there's travail, and there's trauma that's extended over a long period of time, like two and a half years of COVID. What they saw in previous disasters is after about two to two and a half years, pastors were worn weary. They've been faithful, they've been caring, they've been responsive to every need, and they were worn weary. And often, sought a new call at the end of two to two and a half years. So they identified pastors as individuals who were particularly at risk during COVID and helped us at Office of National Mission 
to fund Take Take Heart for Pastors, which is a three-day respite retreat, which has now been attended by hundreds and hundreds of pastors and has just been such a blessing to them as they return refreshed, strengthened, having shared, been encouraged. They return to their congregations refreshed and eager to take on ministry once again. So you're right. Pastors have been really bearing a wagon of rocks as faithfully as they can, but it's been a heavy, hard pull uphill. So for the pastor who is weary, who is now overwhelmed because in addition to caring for souls, may have taken on new responsibilities as well as you were talking about social media or live streaming services, things like that. They might have uh, adopted some new responsibilities throughout the, the pandemic. And so now I think many pastors perhaps might feel overwhelmed, not a lot of time to do everything they want to do. And so then we tell them, go to a retreat, a retreat like leave, go away for three <laughs> days. How do we how do we convince pastors that this would be a good thing? What's the feedback you've been receiving from pastors who have attended the Take Heart retreats? Just about to a man, the response has been, this is exactly what I needed. This has renewed me. This has been a time of refreshment. Being with their brothers in office and being able to talk candidly with people who get it, if you will, and who've shared their experience, certainly influenced their desire to attend and also has underscored for them the importance of having been able to attend. We recognize that these pastors now continue to have to spin through a review of what did I do in these last two and a half years. There were shut-ins whom they couldn't visit. There were people who were in hospice care whom they could not see. And funerals may have not even been permitted. So they're grieving the loss of how they had to care for people. And now trying to reconnect, be healthy, and begin again. So pastors tell us this is a really an essential tool to recalibrating and returning to ministry, eager and revitalized to take it on. What's one example of something a pastor might gain at a Take Heart retreat that when they they return to the congregation, the they know they'll be ready to face whatever it is they're they're facing. I would probably divide that into two parts. Part of our curriculum is psychological in nature, and a part of our curriculum, that part taught by my colleague, Pastor David Fleming from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So there's a spiritual component and there's a psychological component. Spiritually, pastors are invited to look at matters of conscience, are, look, are looking at how is it we can continue to move forward and move through some remaining conflicts? What are the scriptural resources and principles to which we genuinely want to cling at this time? What is it we want to take home as some specific teaching points for our parishes? So the spiritual focus equips them to look at everything from their own soul and conscience to the soul and conscience of the people of their parish. We look at loneliness. We look at the responsibilities they born in large part in a solitary way. We look at their decision fatigue and we look at how can we equip them with spiritual and psychological resources to take on things with greater confidence. Psychologically, we look at matters of resilience. We look at how does one respond to a trauma with confidence? How can one begin to examine what a trauma looks like and what its stages are 
and, and what our opportunities and responsibilities and challenges are in each of those stages. And also, I think pastors have been very, very pleased with the fact resilience is a competency. And as a competency, it means a couple of things. It can be taught, and we can continue to get better at it and acquire additional strategies and competencies. So they leave with a good deal in both their biblical and psychological toolkits when they go home. We're talking about caring for church workers today with Dr. Beverly Yonke, Executive Director for Christian Council for Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. We'll continue the conversation on the Coffee Hour in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Our guest today is Dr. Beverly Yonke, Executive Director for Christian Council for Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. We've been talking about caring for pastors and the Take Heart retreats, which provide respite for pastors, especially pastors who've become, I'm sure, overwhelmed and perhaps mm-hmm. weary over the last couple of years. We, we, we've talked quite a bit about pastors, and, and I know that there are Take Heart retreats. In fact, I believe there's one coming up fairly soon in July. How can we, uh, how can we learn more about the retreats for pastors? Retreats for pastors, as well as retreats for commissioned ministers, are on our webpage in wonderful detail. Those who are interested can go to www.doxology.us and you can at the very top click on Take Heart and that will give you the opportunity to review much more information both about the pastor's retreats and about the retreats for commissioned ministers. So let's talk about the commission minister retreats. When we talk about commission ministers, what what different vocations does that cover? Oh my heavens. We have commissioned ministers working throughout levels of the church, sometimes unknown to the very parishioners they're serving. They serve faithfully, they serve quietly, they serve boldly. And most of us are familiar with perhaps those people who are at the keyboard on Sunday morning and throughout the week teaching their children music. There are church musicians, there are DCEs and DCOs and MOUSEs. I, I know that just there are many of them. We tend to see a good number of teachers and deaconesses and DCEs and church musicians in the respite retreats that we've held thus far. What are some of the challenges that these different workers tend to face? Maybe they're different across the different, there are different vocations, obviously, but what are some of those challenges that, that these different people have to face? Thank you for asking that. Most people just assume that commissioned ministers um, are some sort of functional automatons who feel nothing, do nothing, and always are there at the right time getting done everything that needs to be done. So that their stressors and their weariness is sometimes hid from the very people they serve. Teachers, for example, my goodness, we've just had some 
commissioned ministers retreats in Louisiana and Pennsylvania, talking with these people. Each person has a story of how their life changed during COVID, how they found that it became essential for them to learn online technologies, to be able to convert their entire curriculum to an online curriculum, how to stay connected with parents and kids. They have struggled mightily to continue serving and serving joyfully. Commission worker survey was done by the LCMS in September 2020. And in part, I think that was a precursor for offering the retreats also to the commissioned ministers. 85% of those commissioned workers surveyed reported some level of concern about health or well-being. That's a pretty significant number. Teachers in particular, 71% said they had some level of concern about personal spirituality and the faculty's concern for the students' emotional and spiritual and academic well-beings. 88% teachers are saying, I have kids who are four months, six months, eight months behind in reading or in math. The Lutheran schools were an absolute shining star during COVID. Lutheran schools returned in classroom teaching long, long before most cities opened their schools under some very stringent restrictions. So teachers were operating and doing what public schools couldn't figure out how to do. And our LCMS teachers were teaching powerfully, proudly, and faithfully. So they have been stressed to the max. We know that when we look at surveys about teachers in general, about a year, year and a half ago, we surveyed the teachers in one district, and 45% of LCMS teachers reported in that summer 2020 survey. I'm thinking seriously about not returning to teaching next year. So we can understand just how huge an impact that COVID has had on their life. It's been an enormous service they've provided for the children and the church, but there's also been a cost associated with it. I, I can see you know, many of the demands that it placed on the teachers at my son's school at our church mm-hmm. and uh, how they responded so graciously, as you described earlier, from the teachers who had to, in a moment's notice, within a matter of two or three days, turn everything, all of their plans for the whole year around and modify it so that they were putting together packets to send home to families and then learning to use technology that they had some exposure to before, but now it's something they're using hourly, not just daily, but hourly using several hours throughout the day. I'm sure that that just bears a a heavy load. They were rock stars. Absolutely mm -hmm, rock stars. You hear, who are the stars of COVID? The EMTs, the doctors, the nurses. They were the teachers and commissioned ministers of the LCMS who were on the front lines every day doing everything that needed to be done and doing it faithfully. You mentioned earlier that the the programs for pastors really focuses on the care of souls. Tell us about the retreats for commissioned ministers. What's the, the focus of the, these retreats? You won't be surprised to notice that there are two component parts, one spiritual and one psychological, which reflects <laughs> Pastor Fleming's gifts as a wonderful biblical teacher. And what I bring to bear as, as a clinical psychologist, there's worship, there's learning, there's spiritual care, there's a time for personal evaluation. 
an engagement with new strategies in terms of conflict management, clarity of thinking, holding on to the faith in the midst of difficulty, managing, imagine this, dealing with difficult people, although we call it putting the best construction on everything, and ultimately helping them uh, come away with what is it I choose to take with me into my classroom this coming I've had a chance to reflect on the past two years. There's been a time of healing and conversation. There's also been a time of genuine encouragement among the commission ministers as they share their stories one with another. They don't feel quite as alone, and they walk away with a full exploration of how to meet their spiritual care needs in healthy ways, as well as Christian psychological tools and strategies for resilience and thinking clearly and capably. Yeah, I've heard a lot of really great feedback from the commission minister and from the the pastor retreats. But some of my friends who are teachers and people I know online who are teachers, they have just great feedback about how how wonderful these retreats are to just kind of reset for for their upcoming work that that they will need to do. And, and a lot of times it, it can be difficult for us to slow down, especially now with <laughs> with everything that, that's been opening back up in the last few months. I feel like a lot of us feel like we've just been kind of thrown back into our calendars without a lot of without a lot of say over them. What is the benefit to to these retreats to take that time, slow down and have the the space to to kind of reconnect and, and to think about these things and to receive all of this spiritual care? Absolutely essential. Receiving the spiritual care is most easily done as the work we do is grounded in worship, in prayer offices at beginning and the end of the day, which are so well regarded, so well received by participants. But ultimately, we're asking people to think about some specific plans that are helpful to them, strategies that are helpful to them, self-care activities which they find interesting or soothing or engaging, we invite them to be present in their own life in this moment, not lamenting what may have happened in the past or fearing what's going to unfold or unravel in the future. So we try to encourage them to move away from angsting and move towards prayer and confident planning and, great word, establishing boundaries which both pastors and commission ministers desperately need to do without feeling guilty about it. Ready to go. Right, Sign I know. Dr. Yucky, what would you like pastors and commission ministers to know? What do they need to know to participate in one of these retreats? I would invite you to consider when you'd like to attend a retreat as opposed to whether you'd like to attend <laughs> a retreat. The feedback has just been overwhelmingly good. And not to brag, but seeing so many five stars, my head will swell and I won't fit in the car any longer. It's been <laughs> extremely well regarded. I would ask them to go to the webpage, www.doxology.us, and take a look at the retreats, take a look at the video, and then see what retreat among those listed would best accommodate your schedule, plan to do this, talk with your leadership about the importance of being healthy and modeling a healthy worship life and healthy daily problem-solving life and a healthy vocation. It's something that pastors and commission ministers do in service of the people whom they serve. 
You can find the registration information again at doxology.us. What about in terms of registration and fees, things like that? What do church workers need to know to participate? We have saved the best part to last. (laughs) (laughs) You have no idea how grateful we are for the support that we have received from Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Office of National Mission, Pastor Bob Zagor and his minions have ensured that these retreats are, brace yourself, free, zero dollars, no cost for lodging or program or meals. So if you can find a van, fill it up with your dearest friends and expect no cost once you've registered. Wow. Doxology.us. Check it out. Our guest today, Dr. Beverly Yonke, Executive Director for Christian Council for Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Thank you so much, Dr. Yonke, for spending some time with us on The Coffee Hour. Hey, thanks for the invitation. You guys are awesome. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.